And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a very special returning guest who, you know, jazzes this podcast up by going through the golden age of Hollywood musicals, and I'm very happy about that. It's Sierra Ryan, everyone! Hello! Hello, John! Hi! Hi! This is amazing. <laughs> We're, so, wait. This is your second Gene Kelly movie. Yes. And your second We're Gonna Put a Show Up movie. Sort, yeah, a little bit. I mean. because yeah, you, you did White Christmas and then yes. you did Dewberry. Yes. And now we're here to talk we're about here... Summerstock. Summerstock from Which 1950. I want to, we're going to have to talk about the title for a hot second later, yes. but let me yeah. get let me get this. Yeah. So you, like you said, the movie came out in 1950. Uh, screenplay is by George Wells and Cy Gomberg. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce their last Guess name. as good as mine. Uh, music by Harry Warren. Lyrics by Mark Gordon. Uh, directed by Charles Walters. And according to IMDb, a small town farmer down on her luck finds her homestead invaded by a theatrical troupe invited to stay by her ne'er-do-well sister. That I pretty mean, much, yeah, that's... Ne'er-do-well, ne'er-do-well meaning actress. Well, she's also flighty. <laughs> yeah, well, she's she's narcissistic and, and self-centered and, I, you know, that, I, kind of, that kind of stereotype. So I know you picked this movie and it, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. I feel like it's in between the other two you've done. Cause we talked about how do Barry, you're just like, Ooh, this was Ooh. cool when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, white Christmas is classic is golden. Yeah. <laughs> there, yes. There are some issues with it, but that's mm-hmm. because time period and everything. Yeah. I mean, even then it wasn't right, but it, we kind of forgive. Yeah. Totally. I don't I don't want to like be bold and say we forgive it, but like there's some things that like they they altered it a little bit yeah. and it worked and so, <laughs> so and then if you read deeper into it, it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. But with this yeah. one, I hate a lot of the characters in this movie. Okay. Okay. I'm coming off right. I'm I'm coming off strong by saying that. Right. Because Right was... so, I think. I think there's there's some I think there's some antagonist antagonistic characters that are meant to almost almost be just complete uh walls to these characters. However, happiness. however, yeah. Herb and Abigail can go fuck with the right off because I hate both of them. But I also <laughs> hate Orville and his dad. Yeah, I mean they are they are, you know, I I wrote down patriarchy in yes. the scene you know because yes. it's well, because that's that's the whole thing is like the women are are trying to, to trying to make this this farm work and they are just headbutting against the patriarchy about oh this is not women's work quote, quote, I, quote. it's it's so it's so funny because i was just like oh this is going to be a great 50s movie where a woman owns a farm and no one's going to say anything about it uh-uh. and then at, at around the 10 minute mark 
some man opens his fucking mouth to be like this this running a farm isn't woman's work and i was just like i flipped a table and i was so (laughs) mad but that's the whole point is that i actually wrote down from the very top um she knows she's a strong woman she wants to pay off her own debts she's trying to she's trying to solve actual real problems that are not usually found in a movie musical which is like she is a working class woman who i love the opening scene because she is judy garlanding all over the place and yet she is naked practically putting on a, a a towel puts her bra on puts on her socks in front of people and in front of like the audience basically uh-huh. and it is it's she they 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 pretty much chose a way of making sure that the audience knew that she was a down-to-earth quote-unquote woman even though she's judy fucking garland even though she's judy fucking garland exactly and is gorgeous and so is gorgeous yeah i was reading mm-hmm. this was around the time of the height of her um addictions issues yeah demons yeah Weight loss, and, weight gain, everything, all that mixed in. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I do love, I do love, I do love me a good Judy. Mm-hmm. But like, you can tell something was like a little off with her performance, mm-hmm. and it was a little. It, I was just like, oh, this is. She's like 28 when this movie is released. Is That's she really the, only 28? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. let, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Gonna, hold on. Let gonna, me. I need to I need to double check this because it Liza, if not she's she's like yeah. at least thirty. There's because, a picture okay. with her and in, in costume and Liza Minnelli looks like five, so it was not in the good old summertime was like nineteen forty six forty seven or something. So wait, and this is nineteen fifty, right? Yeah, yeah. twenty eight because yeah. she was born in twenty two. Okay, yeah. So the fact that she's not even thirty and mm-hmm. like. It's so but it's so upsetting, I, and like yeah. you know, all those. Uh, the fact also, after they filmed this movie, she was fired from MGM apparently, yeah. and it's like all of you people who put her through this rigmarole. She was out of the sanitarium, I believe, like she or a psych ward or something, mm-hmm. and then started filming this, and it's like you all did this to her, yeah. and none of you. And I did read, yeah, I did read that Louis B. Mayer regretted that he that that he fired her there was there was a bit of regret afterwards like like but like you know. they also are the ones that handed her the pills yeah oh oh yes it was a victim, <laughs> victim blaming at its best you know i am so yeah. upset and mad yeah. at the men because it's mostly men i mean they probably like if she had a female costumer it was probably right. like hey here's something here's something but like again you're gonna trail it back to the the men in charge right <laughs> i know but but i will say that she's written as like a really strong woman who has her determination and she she lays into her sister going you're gonna start working and she lays into the actors like you're gonna start working for me and you know 6 a.m it doesn't matter if you're actors you're gonna go back to your equity chorus call 6 a.m audition line you know (laughs) sleeping schedule that kind of thing but she's also such a pushover. Like she switches from one, from saying no to something to saying yes to something to saying no to something to saying well, yes to something, okay. all within like a couple lines. And I will say, I will say, Judy 
handles all those acting beats yes so well in the hands of another person i don't think this movie would have flew as as well as it should you know i have i don't want to answer that because i think can you imagine i don't i can't i don't i can't even think of somebody who might be able to and sing and dance the role yeah because uh, so it's what's interesting is that this is not based off the stage musical this is strictly for film yeah great um so you can't you you only have judy yeah. I mean, if they, they probably will do it on Broadway because that seems to be the trend is like, let's dig out old movies and make it a, mu- a stage is version. Is it a big enough name? It's not an American in Paris. It's not White Christmas. It's not Singing in the Rain. It has Get, it has get Happy. Yeah, but I, maybe they would take all the songs and revamp it for something. Oh, of course. You're going to yeah. need to do yeah. something if you're going to do, do a something. stage version yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I felt like the whole movie, I was on Judy's side, mm-hmm. no matter what she said or did. Yeah. Like, um, you know, when she stands up to Orville and his dad numerous times yeah. in this movie, I was yeah. applauding her. Yeah. Um, the fact that, she, like, so the whole impetus of this is that her sister, Abigail, who the actress, I don't know who it is. I hated Gloria her. So Haven. Okay. Gloria Haven. She, she had a name for herself at the time. So she was a little bit of a commodity, um, but she was very uh, staunchly wanted to star in things and by, and she didn't want to do co-stars like this or small, small supporting roles so this was by doing summer stock she actually got out of her contract with mgm so she could go on and do bigger things oh that's interesting but she didn't really become a huge star unfortunately she became that's a well-known, gamble though yeah she that's became a well-known name um and certainly she she went on to do a lot you can check her imdb she actually has some a, a fair amount of good solid roles um, I usually don't like do a plot breakdown when I talk about these because mm-hmm. it's all about thoughts and feelings. But like, I feel like with this one, we kind of have to because you need to understand my mind space. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, we start off, we talked about how Judy is a strong, independent woman who may or may not actually be engaged to Orville. Who cares? Uh, it's, a, it's an Adelaide and, and Nathan Detroit kind of situation yes. where they're waiting for the right moment, but and also, she's very fond of him yeah like like they were they're at least good friends right and the yeah. father really wants the falveries and the wingates he always he just wants the two families to to wed so there's a little bit of uh pressure maybe she just yeah pressure to actually do it so yeah they just seem like sweet guys and they were they were all friends in growing up that was like the concept of of even abigail yeah, the small small you know, town vibe yeah exactly but then Abigail shows up. Well, it's known that Abigail's coming. Yeah. But she shows up and surprises her sister with a cast and crew of a Broadway-esque musical. Right. Or like an out-of-town, they want to do tryout. an out-of-town tryout. Exactly. And Abigail invited them to the her family farm to perform in the barn without telling yeah. her sister. And I lost my shit <laughs> from that. <laughs> Because, I mean, surprise visit, fine. Sure. You know, like, yeah, oh, hey, I'm coming over, Sierra. Woo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, I'm at your front door. That's 
that's nice. You know, you're probably a little like, oh my God, I didn't know company was coming over. I need to clean. <laughs> Having, what do they say? Like almost a hundred people, not a hundred. It's like 50. Yeah. May, I mean like 30, at least 30 chorus people, it seems like. And then a couple of crew guys, not that many crew guys, surprisingly enough, but um well they might be coming with the truck with that's the true lights and with costumes extra lights yeah. and costumes and set pieces i think because it is you know it's supposed to be a musical theater comedy they go for the full-on chaos like insert of chaos yeah. so that she has to literally catch things that gene kelly is throwing at her in the very beginning so it's the comedy of the two the two sides of of trying to keep an orderly farm and try to maintain that and then getting just theater theater actors theater egos theater uh personalities theater sleep schedules just it's the it's it's the uh, kind of the opposite of the fish out of water it's like that the cow jumping into the water it's like what is going on yeah and like from uh, the but- get-go you know but and so like you know already i'm just like fuck this movie fuck everything <laughs> in this movie we had a great opening judy is showing her feminism like you know we're we're it's like a pro women in charge movie and then all of a sudden all this shit happens and i'm just like abigail you are the worst yes and then- but that that kind of conflict you know is the point of the movie is it's it's testing our lead character on where her yes. where her honor and where her eventual you know no spoilers but we got to get to get happy eventually <laughs> you know it's like we have yeah. to we have to see her transformation show, yeah. and grinding down of her entire life you know but like i did like how you know at first judy is just like no no yeah. you guys uh-uh. cuz even even before she like has like a little breakdown and is like, yeah, I gotta go. Gene, Gene <laughs> Kelly turns to Abigail. I don't remember all these characters' names, so I'm just gonna. Abigail. Abigail. And Joe is J- Joe. Jean, Joe. Gene is Joe. Judy is Jane. They, oh they, God. Yeah, <laughs> they they kept with the J. Me, Joe. You, Jane. You, Jane. Um. So he, he uh, Joe goes to Abigail. He's like, you didn't tell her we're coming, did you? And she's like, no, we're just gonna surprise her. And I was just like you could go fuck right off a cliff. <laughs> well, even even Joe as and Gene you could see on his face he's like oh, we are not in a good place. I don't okay. have any power here. He he worked at at, you know, at making sure the audience could tell that he was just like shit. I am the I'm the bad guy here and I need to okay. work my way through. So this. the last the last time you're on, I believe yeah. we did talk about Gene Kelly, and I believe mm-hmm. I did talk about my thoughts and feelings on him. Well, in this movie, everything got skewed and turned on its head because I was just like, I'm conflicted because I've read how much of a bad man he is off camera. You could you like, saw you saw a little brief moment at the end or towards the end, you know. Yeah, kind of, yeah. but like you know, singing in the rain, Gene Kelly. I'm talking about like. We're heading That's, there. We're, we're heading yes. There. In a couple of years, he's going to be there. Um, but, and also I read uh, a IMDb trivia fact mm-hmm. that says uh, 
On a particular day of filming, when it became apparent that Judy Garland was not fit to work, Gene Kelly reputedly feigned an injury of, of his own so that she could be able to take, off, take the day off. Kelly had remained devoted to Garland since she guided him through his paces in the making of his very first film, For Me and My Gal. Yeah, because so, this is the third movie that they had done pre- previously. They had done uh, For Me and My Gal together, and they had done The Pirate um which oh. is have you seen that no you put that on their list it is once again very problematic but oh my god there's some numbers <laughs> but you know so i so i'm still like me 2022 john still angry at g kelly for you know being a dick to debbie reynolds and right. singing in the rain as well right. as other yeah, um, yeah. people who've come who came yeah. out yeah especially after he was he started like directing and choreographing things right uh but he's so dreamy oh my god (laughs) the boy the man can dance like no one else and he's so nice in this movie (laughs) like yeah like he's his character is the nicest person ever and i'm just like my brain is like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to feel about you. You know, I, I'm you very... know, if you, if you think about as much as, as what he did on screen was, was the sweetheart, you know, I, I think we, we catch a glimpse of maybe the fire of, of how much he cares about the choreography the project, yeah. and the project. And he rips into Abigail to be like, you know, get off your ass we're gonna do it again we're gonna do it again we're gonna do it again and abigail's like oh i'm the sister of the producers who owns the barn so you can't you shouldn't touch me or you know judy yeah 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 jane speaks up and he's like okay i won't i'll teach her with kid gloves and then he does the same thing to jane later and she's just like we're gonna do this a hundred times okay which means like she's okay we'll do it another 20 30 times yeah i mean okay. also in that yeah. in that moment that i was just saying um orville pissed her off oh i love that scene so much so but like i mean i i'm so i'm the uh, it's i guess i have to need i have to like separate the man from the work mm-hmm. yeah in a way yeah yeah I mean, Gene Kelly has been on has has been featured on this podcast. I think the most out of anybody. <laughs> if I, I if mean, I really sit down and think about it, I think reality bled into his performance, especially in his scenes with Judy. Because mm-hmm. with that trivia that I said, like yeah. you can tell that he's genuinely like helping her out in some can, instances. Can we talk about? two scenes and we'll, we'll if we go like song by song or scene by scene we'll, we'll definitely talk about this we can do what we could jump around oh, we can jump around the scene uh when before he sings you wonderful you on the bear stage where judy is kind of like looking at the lights and she's like oh this girl is pretty it's pretty from up here and he's talk i wrote down um he talks about the audience and he says you can't see him but you can feel them. It's like electricity. And then he talks about the grease paint, the smell of grease paint, and it never gets out of your blood. And and he describes like, oh, well, when she's like, I don't know, understand. Why, why do you just break into song? And he's like, well, when you can't, when you 
run out of words, you got to start singing. And he sings you wonderful you and they, and it becomes this gorgeous love song, almost harkening back to for me and my gal for me that that was it was very kind of harkening back to that uh, scenes in, in that movie. Um, but it's also this gorgeous love letter to to theater. Yeah, and to performance, and as a performer myself, I'm just like <laughs> I don't. Well, I still smell grease paint in my in my blood, <laughs> ah, and it's just gorgeous. Well, yeah, there's a lot of lines. There's a lot of things that they say and do in this movie that, mm-hmm. um, as somebody who works in theater, right, as well as you, as somebody who works in theater, you're like, yes, this makes sense because this is, I mean, besides the fact that she was surprised about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. This is, a, this was actually a thing and it kind of still is, you know, people are like, I have a barn. Let's put on a show. Let's put on a show. And right. there's, there's hints, there's hints in the kitchen scene with Marjorie Maine early where, where someone says something about, about like Jane's aunt? Um, like aunt or someone already being in performance. And Judy does this little tap dance in the middle of the kitchen. And Jean is like, Oh, huh. Okay, yeah. I see that. You know, so there's there's a hint that it's already in her blood. No matter her her passion for the farm, it's already in her blood. So it kind of yeah, we we know it's a, it's a done deal kind of almost from the beginning that this is good, the way it's going to go. Also, but it's the, it's the story, it's the progress of how we chip away at her and how she falls in love with the theater. But we also find out that not uh Jane's great great whatever grandfather from the six, 1690s or something like that made a law prohibiting theater happening yeah. in town I, but dances are okay but dances are okay yeah, and it's just whatever. like well wait what, what what I guess it's because you know the white man said that that can happen and a white woman who wants to put who owns the property yeah can't do anything yeah exactly (laughs) this is supposed to be like what is modern at the time oh yeah it's supposed to be be 1950 okay yeah it's not there's no it's not period at all i didn't know if it was like well maybe like 1940s because if you really like no gene Gene kelly's wearing his like 1950s uh you know attire (laughs) you know he's like he's he's not they're wearing glasses of the era. They're they're okay of the early era. I mean, this is cusp 1950. So right. So it's it's right but it's cusp. supposed to be that it's not like we're set yeah. in the 20. We're set in the 30s. No, nope. no, it's all it's all modern. Okay, modernish um, cars and all that stuff. So then the townsfolk can also go fuck off because yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they can't like, deal with jazz. So like, yeah, like <laughs> when they when they do the square dancing. And all the kid, all the kids, quote unquote. I think yeah, I had that the same people. issue. Yeah. I had the same <laughs> issue when we did White Christmas, where I was like, "Why are we calling them kids? They're clearly in their twenties, right? Right." <laughs> um, but they're all just—they're all minding their own business, hanging out. You know, they are being respectful until <laughs> until. <laughs> but who was, ben- who was it the first one that started? Uh, it's the Someone. saxophone player flirting with one of the dancers, right? Uh, or because oh, no. because remember, Gene Cal- Gene uh, Joe is staying away from the from the dance. Oh, right, and to he's fix the, the one who he did. De- he doesn't want you know the, yeah to and then he de- he he basically inserts him because he's distracting distracting Jane 
and and keeping him her away from from the kids to talk this is all plot elements yeah yeah but, yeah. but like that as soon as they say see joe in there they're like hey joe's dancing oh we can dance too so no she comes a- no because he starts doing he does the square dancing with right with jane and then one of the band members is the, flirting tr- the, the trumpet player yeah that's it i said yeah. saxophone i meant trumpet trumpet it's, yeah flirts with one of the dancer the women and pl- starts playing jazz and then a chorus boy or one of the musicians in the musical yeah. they just jump down yeah. jump jumps in and takes over percussion and then they start swing dancing yeah and for a hot second, I thought the townsfolk were going to be like, ooh, that's kind of nice. You, you like know. Footloose. <laughs> like suddenly it's like. <laughs> All of a sudden, the end of Footloose, where they're like, oh my God, dancing is so much fun. Yeah. But obviously, no. they weren't like that. And they're all stuck in their old ways and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yep. well, this is also Jane's property. Like, yep. let her do whatever the fuck she wants. Go fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Fuck the patriarchy. Fuck yeah. the patriarchy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, Herb can go fuck off too. Phil Silvers. Yeah. I I hated, I hated him the whole movie. There was the whole there was like movie. two moments that I really liked his choices. One that was at the very end when he like gets a little nauseous at at perform the idea of performing for the audience, and the other one where he and uh, and Orville bump into each other and can't and can't find each other's glasses okay yeah but it I was the two of them it, the two of them that was just physical comedy of the era at its best where two really decent you know uh, character actors worked off of each other and just really just nailed what that moment was it had nothing to do with anything no i but- i laughed at it though because it i thought of velma from scooby-doo <laughs> my yeah, glasses exactly. my i glasses. can't see anything without my glasses like that's yeah, why exactly. i laughed at it i didn't laugh at it because of them no i laughed at it because of my but gotcha. no i laughed at it because it was honestly good good physical comedy and but the rest of the way he could have that whole character could have been just sliced out of this entire movie no you needed you needed him because of that whole tractor thing but let Artie, let Artie, the character of Artie, who is that sweet faced Actually, I wrote um, uh, Carlton Carpenter played Artie, who was the the pianist uh, who had the hat on. Who mechanic. Was like the mechanic. He was kind of like the everyday, everyman crew guy. Um, he was so sweet and so wonderful. And yet, um, and he actually died last this year, this past <gasps> year. He was, he was died in 2022. And I remember going, oh, that's the guy from Summerstock. Aww. Oh, sweetie. He, he performed with Debbie Reynolds. He did a bunch of, you know, musical movies as well. And I was just like, just give him a little more comedy, make him be the secondhand man to, but to I, I don't, and like I, cut out. No, I think we needed the Herb character because I liked Artie. And yeah. I don't want to hate him for tr- crashing the tractor. Oh, yeah, okay. Personally. Yeah, that's true. Unless he, it's he something like something else happens. Yeah. Or like maybe, um, I don't know, a cow run, like hit, bangs into it. Like all the cows bang into it and something happens. Like, that's some strong cows. <laughs> strong ass cows. I mean, yeah. yeah. Why not? We're in a movie, goddammit. Yeah, that's- we can do anything. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah, yeah so when he when i i <laughs> i wrote down when when herb tra- crushes the cra- tractor i knew i hated him for a reason <laughs> yeah and phil silvers is once again um one of those one of those actors that was kind of a, a stock 
actor that people really liked. He was a he was a well known um, actor of the time. I just his everything just came out just really false when I when I was watching him for, and I think I kind of understood when I was young and watching the movie what he was doing, but it just it, everything about him just rang very untrue to my adult cultured actor you know well i mean now you, it was you've, just you've been ugh. through acting classes and training yeah. and all that that you can be like you're forcing this yeah like he may as well have been wearing like a hat with a pinwheel on it and a clown nose being like yeah. i'm funny guys aren't i i've seen i've seen better from phil let's just yeah. say i have seen better from phil but we're here to talk about this one and he's awful in it <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Um, I got I got a question for you. Yes. The set piece of the farm itself. Mm -hmm. Is that what will be used in White Christmas? It looks eerily familiar. (laughs) Uh, Maybe bits and pieces of it. I mean, I I think the the set was actually beautiful. And the fact that they um, built it to house actual cows and chickens and pigs and things like that it it looked i don't know where they, they shot spent it some out. money they they spent some money on on making something that is functional for camera as well as functional for chickens and coops and right. you know and and making it look like it it was it it was a functional farm because um, like yeah. um the way that the uh the geography of everything is mm-hmm. When you, especially in the beginning, when you see like the barn and then the house, and the house is of course a two-story house. So I was just mm-hmm. like, did they just like add some more grass and <laughs> a few years later and like well, I, repainted I will, it? I will say the White Christmas uh, Hotel is less of a barn than it's more of a function, like a function. They have a barn though. place, yeah, but it's it didn't the barn aspect of it disappeared easily in white christmas whereas in 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 this one that the scene it's a barn i mean the that's what i i think is part of the charm of this movie is the fact that they're trying to do this i mean the 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 memory island sail away with me to memory island but like it's a barn that has a stage built into it and well, yeah, i think that was because of the they, dances but, but they built it but the 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 rehearsals of that one scene and the fact that there's chickens running through it and they're trying to be mermaids you know and it's trying to be this wonderful thing and he hits his head as he's going underneath the <laughs> you know, thing. um i think that that was the whole point is they're they're trying to uh, the 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 concept is they're trying to mash this very urban New York concept into this right you know where where were they Kentucky I don't know where they where they're supposed to be Philadelphia I don't know let's Some, just say Kansas just because Kansas it's hilarious. yeah exactly but you know they, it's the it's these tr- two worlds that just don't fit together necessarily I mean they could also just be in Pennsylvania because yeah. when Orville leaves to go to New York it's a pretty oh, that's right he's fast driving time. yeah yeah he's driving so it could be Pennsylvania it could be Pennsylvania I'd, maybe Vermont yeah they might have said said that I don't um, remember. Well, that's that's an unimportant detail. But I was like talking just about like the outside, you know, yeah. like when, um, especially in that scene where Judy gives everyone a task. It just mm-hmm. the way everything just looked. Yes, they're acting. Beautiful. They're yeah. they're played differently in both this movie and in White Christmas. But I was mm-hmm. just like, this is like super White Christmas. So like, 
I, don't, I haven't really dug deep in research about this. So if anyone knows, you know, the socials at the end. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll look up the IMDb trivia page later. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been just, you know, a part part uh, on on set and on location and then part, uh, you know, you know, in, in internal um, sets that they built to match. Um, but I I really appreciated actually the the use of actual streets actual paved you know streets and judy when garland the, when this sort of car chase happens but it's not really a car chase <laughs> a car chase what what's a car chase what do so, you wait, I, so when orville and abigail are coming back oh at the very end yeah the very end yeah, i mean that that was on on the thing i'm talking about like judy garland singing her face off and driving a real tractor I mean, part of it was pulled, obviously, but there is a shot where she is singing and then the camera pulls out and she's driving that tractor into, you know, basically the service station and putting and and people are looking at it steaming and it's steaming (laughs) and it's she's pouring water into I mean, that could have been just dry ice or whatever. But, you know, and then and then at the very end of that scene, she drives it into the farm and I'm just like she motherfucking judy garland driving and singing a tractor at the same time i mean obviously it was lip sync but i was just like that is another skill set on her resume that i did not expect <laughs> and i just kind of realized oh my gosh she yeah she had to learn how to Pretty drive a tractor. Yeah. if she didn't know already no well i mean come on oh when yeah she's her... a, she's a hollywood kid she's a hollywood kid yeah on that note the line that um that that joe gene kelly straight face looks at judy garland and talks about theater and he says you ought to try it sometime that that must have gotten a huge laugh at the time because everyone knows that judy garland francis gum rose from three years old you know in this lifestyle there's there's no there's no way that they didn't understand how funny that line is oh of course they it was it was yeah that was that was something i wrote down because i was just like that is the funniest line from from historical purposes no matter what so jumping again around some more um i don't know is it when gene kelly does a little tap number with the newspaper and the Mm -hmm. creaking is that supposed to be the uh, is that music also you wonderful you mm-hmm. okay because it because i i have it, it yeah. on our little list here three times but mm-hmm. i was like they only really sing it twice right. so but it's the played theme that. is three times yeah so while watching that scene i've seen it i've never seen this movie before i've mm-hmm. seen that scene though because i was just like he's going to rip the newspaper and then rip it again and yeah. i don't know how i know this scene it, but... I, it might be in like that's entertainment part or, or I watched it, it on YouTube or, or I was in a class it, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's it is one of those, it's kind of like get happy for Gene Kelly in that it is one of those like uh seminal kind of uh examples of his brilliance of how he and his perfectionism and his work ethic and his specificity about making things work. And I will say that I I have some creaky floorboards in in my New York apartment and 
and every once a in a while somewhere <laughs> and every once in a while i do a little squeak 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 and i can recreate that little that that number at least the top of it where where he's just he's experimenting it's very it's almost um fred astaire like in use of props and use of um the things around was kind of in that in that genre in that so way it was at that moment that i finally used this podcast's twitter page to be like i'm confused about my feelings with gene kelly because <laughs> <laughs> i was watching it i'm just like he's such he's... a beautiful dancer oh. and then obviously we had all these other scenes where like he sold his car to buy the tractor he was but before that he was trying to fix it with, yeah. even though he himself had nothing to do with it being broken yeah. um he's a responsible you know he he's dude. he's understanding when he's told that they can't perform there because they didn't yeah. ask permission for it like yeah. he's he's such a nice great guy and then the dancing happens and i'm just like i don't know what my and you are. know <laughs> once again whoever tailors his pants should get an academy award because perfection gene kelly's butt oh my god oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. and that that tap number though do you think they actually recorded him tapping live or do you think they added in sound because i was watching I and it seemed like now i don't know i if you were if you listener are fully artist let me know what your thoughts are but like usually usually what they would do is they would record they would have playback musical playback on set so they could dance to it uh-huh. and then what they would do afterwards is go into a foley and gene kelly would be there and he would recreate oh okay because i um, i was just like i don't know what fo- magical foley artist did this but no. since you said it was gene kelly because usually usually loafers don't have built-in taps no but you know you hear the taps so and that was always clearly... a hilarious you know thing well i didn't know <laughs> if it was like a hard-soled shoe or something and yeah. that's what he was tapping on because like i know no. usually in movies if they're not ex- explicitly shown wearing tap shoes, there are no taps. Right, added exactly. And the squeak the of, shoes. you never know if the squeak of the floorboard is going to be, uh, if there's not going to be a squeak, but they needed a squeak for every single True. timed thing or a ripped piece so of that, paper. I think the only, th- the only, I've heard about, um, I've heard about an American in Paris and there's one scene that was done live because it involved the kids. So I'm saying, I got, rhythm i got and i think they recorded that live oh. that might that might be false but that's it's usually oh. it's usually kind of a they record uh the orchestra and and the vocals first they lip sync and dance to that track and then they go back and do the foley of, oh, of yeah. the dance just so everything is in separate separate tracks and as an editor i know sometimes you need everything in separate tracks because if one little thing goes wrong and like i know i'm like a hundred uh what what is this Uh, 132 episodes in whenever i say (laughs) recorded live i want to define this that's not necessarily the take that that we're seeing Mm -hmm. um because uh except for what's a claim is that was that's Mm -hmm. different that's a different beast entirely but like let's say last five years which i've also mm-hmm. covered they've recorded some of it live while they were filming it but like that doesn't mean that they use it use that take or 
um, they may literally be there with a microphone, no film right away, recording mm-hmm. it, and then they do playback right. while filming it. I, there's many, there's a myriad of options here. I, I think just in, just- in modern in modern times, um, I think they did that for Tick Tick Boom as well, um, where they where they had the 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 on on stage audio as an option to use, or they mixed it with you know recorded uh... kind of stuff. It was harder back then because the cameras were making noise and the and the in the, the, in the, in the golden age in the golden age. Yeah, yeah, it was it was not a controlled set necessarily. No. And when you got chickens, when you got animals, <laughs> got like, chickens, animals and children, like <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta, you gotta plan that. for everything. Exactly, exactly. Um, I want to make one mention for those Disney fans out there that. Um, uh, Hans Conried, I think that's how you pronounce it. He played Harry, the the baritone singer, who uh-huh. is hilarious. He had the, some of the best like mugs to the camera, and, and he and, is like, like the stereotype, ego. egotistical, egotistical diva. actor diva. Yeah. You could tell like he was hamming it up. That's the voice of Captain Hook. Holy shit! Yeah, that's the voice of Captain Hook. So you kind of see that his, his, oh, yes, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. And I'm just a little bit British, but not quite. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it. it's, yeah. it's, and you can That's amazing. watch that ham. Yeah. He's great. The scene, the moment where he's like staring, he's supposed to be staring at Gloria de Havilland, Abigail. And he's like staring at one of the, uh, one of the chorus, chorus girls. And, and Gene Kelly snaps and goes, Harry. And he, he oh, oh, yes. Let's be real. Here's looking at a chorus boy. Oh, well, no. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah. So I have to. Well, since we're on Memory Island, I do yes. want to say I did. I wrote down the struggle bus of rehearsal is real. <laughs> I loved it. No, 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 no. Next scene. Next. Next chorus. Next chorus. Did, I mean, okay. So you as a performer, were you just like, oh God, this is like big. I mean, it's probably a little amplified, but like, have it's you been all in- relatable? Oh my God. Yeah. Where, 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 it, where, especially when it's like the chorus has been rehearsed and the, the stars kind of know what they're doing and the director's trying to put the two of them together and there's chickens once again and there's a cow shaking his head in the corner or shaking her <laughs> head in the corner like, oh my God, what is going on? And like I said, like he's trying to create this wonderful idyllic you know and it's a beautiful song and i think what they they chose the song that is kind of a parody of 1940s schmaltz and they yes. chose it because it's the exact opposite of what is happening and and it's almost they they're tongue in cheek making a parody of themselves i loved it yeah i was just like this is <laughs> this is what reality is you know you try try your darndest but yep. like outside forces are like no (laughs) and we've all been there where it's like i i'm supposed to i'm supposed to pretend that this this prop thing is is something more romantic than the the piece of a of a mop that i'm using as you know (laughs) or nothing i'm holding nothing nothing. yeah exactly and we're trying to trying to make magic happen and it's just not working (laughs) uh okay so to jump ahead to friendly star i Um, was just okay so like with movies like this where it's a musical 
mm-hmm. we're watching a musical, but they're also putting on a musical. Mm-hmm. I was just like, is... very white Christmas. Remember? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I did because same. I'm so sorry to keep comparing it to that. I have Friendly Star was a similar moment where it was like, are they singing in the universe or is this like for us the audience? This is As for a, the audience. This is a this is a monologue set to set to. So music. okay, okay, because I because you see she's, Gene Kelly she's, there. She's stuck. She's she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know. This is her. Oh my God, who do I love? Do I love farming or do I love show business? Do I love Orville or do I love Joe? I don't know. I have no I, idea. And the camera. I know you because because Gene see, Kelly. Yeah. She, Joe comes into the camera right at the lyric. That was beautiful, that by the way. It was, yeah. And this Friendly Star is, I have the sheet music. I've sung it. It is one of my favorite songs because not only, it's not an, it has very little structure to it, but it is, it showcases Judy Garland's tearful, belty, like, uh, uh, insecurity. And she's gorgeous singing the song. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, like, where where if it comes out of nowhere her her rendition of this is just so gorgeous i mean i i, I was just more wondering if this is actually like she's not rehearsing anything right yeah okay no. okay no okay. she is what do i do with these emotions she's, she's, that i suddenly have she's monologuing in the universe yes but if we, us the audience who are watching a movie she's singing to us yeah or she's monologue. singing to the friendly star. She's friendly star. This is my deep hand. Uh, Where can you be hiding? Smile for me from out of the lonely night. You know, it's like it's like the the pathos in her voice is just. Oh, uh, it's so. Do you good. play her? I do would you, love to play her. <laughs> but like, do you have like a, a cabaret act or something that's like you doing Judy, but like also you in a way? I, it's it's a close call between her and Rosemary Clooney, I think. I have to make a choice. I have to make a- Why not, why not both? Hey, make Rose it a two and act, Judy. Make it a two-act structure. Oh, uh-oh. Oh my God. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. It's one night with Rose and Judy. So oh. the idea, it's a one woman show ready okay okay it's a one-woman show where we are saying rosemary clooney and judy garland got a chance to sit down and have a conversation for an hour and a half two hours what is that conversation also what are they singing also (laughs) this crazy woman is gonna play both of them yes okay yes all right i'm in yeah i'm in good good we're doing it well shall we start talking about the songs like because to go through like, um, all of them or we talked about all we haven't talked about all of them we haven't talked about all of them i mean yeah. get happy is i didn't realize that this is where get happy was from mm-hmm. i yeah. think i knew it was from a movie i just didn't realize it was this one yeah. um, I, I i wrote down this is the only reason this show gets picked up and goes to broadway after this because yes. the the concept is that they're good enough to and variety is in the audience and there's a big producer in the audience that has like you know one don't moment. they have multiple producers at least there's one they they make like a oh he's he's sitting it's like waiting for guffman it's like oh, but i, th- I thought it was i thought it was like they were when they read the new the newspaper article they there were they were like at least seven producers were thinking of coming or something right. like that but at least one 
Showed like up. right before they they looked through and he they he sat down and he's like oh that that person's in the audience I'm not gonna lie did finish watching this movie right before we started recording this I blocked yeah. a lot of it out because <laughs> I was so enraged by it and when they weren't <laughs> singing I was like I don't care yeah. wow. <laughs> if it wasn't Judy or Jean on stay on screen I was like I don't give a shit mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well but like it is a good movie it's a nice movie and now yeah. that we talked about it and you you did calm me down a little bit by saying we had to have this moment because we, had to. we have to test our main character. I was just like, okay, I'm still, journey, you know? I'm still a little upset. I'm still a little upset. Well, and the other thing too about this movie, if you really think about it, there's no like, there's like a slight overture when they do the, um, when they do the opening credits and everything, mm-hmm. but like Happy Harvest, which you would think is like the big opening number. Cause it's, world building and everything it's not that it's if you feel like singing sing stupid name for a song by the way but oh i love that song too i have the sheet music i will sing that all the time it's so fun it's that whole thing that you were talking about with her getting ready so it's it i feel like in terms of like what when i think of golden age musical movies that's a ballsy move because Mm -hmm. it's not you know it's not oh, a giant have, opening number. Yeah. I have it's a, a very have, honest opening number. Yeah. I have a song from a recent musical called Curtains. You know, white, yes. you know the song White yeah. Open Spaces? There is no white open spaces mm-hmm. moment until the second song. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. If you feel like singing, like, sing, it's more like, oh, what a beautiful morning. It's this, it's the, it's the, op- it's the, it's the, it's the lead character just doing their 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 morning thing and that's it and they're singing and they're enjoying the fact that they're singing and that's it you know and they're getting ready for the day and uh yeah i i will also i will talk about um uh dig for your dinner dig 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 for your dinner dinner. i i once again i think a lot of these songs are wonderful pieces from that era that are really fun although some of the lyrics like purloin a sirloin and you wind up in the clink it's just it's it's so of the time but it's got some great obviously gene kelly dancing on a table is is one of the greatest things you could possibly ever watch but you know there's there's some hokiness to it that is just 1949-1950 classic Move, what a movie musical of the time would do and i know we're like towards the end of this episode talking about mm-hmm. it but i do need to i do need to say this because i don't want to get yelled at by people um i did say harry warren wrote the music and mike mm-hmm. gordon wrote the lyrics they didn't necessarily write all of the all songs chaplin sid chaplin right one of them so one yeah. there were there's two other names that i saw Saul which, chaplin yes matt uh, gordon Conrad Old Salinger, Arlen. Skip, uh, wait, no, sorry. Um, Saul Chaplin, Jack Brooks. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Hans Con- Conried was dubbed by Pete Roberts. Yeah, the, the singing, the singing. Yes, he was, he was dubbed. Oh, uh, no. I also see Harold Arlen and Ted Kohler wrote Get Happy. Yeah, that's um, a Harlan, that's a, yeah. Arlen is, yeah. is one of the biggies. Yep. So I'm sorry I didn't give them credit at the top of the episode. So thank you for listening to the, the whole episode to listen to 
<laughs> me give them credit finally. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get in stripe and flat? Um, I mean, I think I'm going to get to two moments of flats that I will talk about that we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> but Great. We, we can talk about those. Awesome. Let's <laughs> do it. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about them. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. So usually I start with sharps, but I'm intrigued by what your flats are. Okay. So the first flat, um, and as much as I love Dig for Your Dinner, I love the song itself. Uh But once again, Phil Silvers comes in with his Southern Baptist on the edge of a racist black trope. And it just kind of like, it just makes my skin crawl. And I'm like, Phil, no. And Gene sort of does the little preacher thing. And if you want it to be a good day, you know, like kind of opens it up, opens it up. But he, Phil Silvers just takes his comedic hammer and kind of okay. picks it up. So during that scene, I had yeah. two moments from this podcast that yeah. came to mind. One yeah white christmas with mr bones and i mm-hmm. believe we did talk about the costumes and Ooh, all that yeah. and everything yeah and then the second one was from another gene kelly movie that you didn't do funny face where funny him... face was fred astaire i'm sorry fred astaire yes, making sure my brain gets them confused they're it's both okay. great dancers and they're I both hot as fuck I know. um fred astaire and Kay thompson sing that this one sort of gospel revival-esque mm-hmm. song and it's yeah. like you all are singing this to beatniks and you're two white people like mm. <laughs> i know mm. yeah yeah it's it 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 is one of those things as an adult i'm like oh i understand and it's not like southern baptist can't be white and and holler and sing gospel as well but from phil silvers it just goes over the edge mm-hmm. it's that it's the bit voice that he puts on yeah he puts it on and it's just he's making he's making fun of it as opposed to having fun with mm-hmm. it you know yes. uh, sister act style you know which is what kind of more one more the the actual song is doing so that was that was just like a <laughs> yeah yeah um do you want to know my other my i other do want to know the other flat so my other flat is towards the end and it has an interesting backstory of how it was shot. It's the heavenly music number, which is Phil and uh, or Phil Silvers and Gene Kelly as the Hicks with the dogs at the end. You must have blocked that song. Out. <laughs> no, I remember that song because I thought it was I. I didn't sharp it, but I did like the costume effect that they had in it. Oh yeah, the... yeah. Because I was just, I think I know how they did it but I think I need to rewatch it in order to figure it out. But like, to me, uh, Gene Kelly sold it more than Phil. Cause well, Gene wasn't trying to be like, I'm funny everyone. Ha ha. Yeah. Here's, here's the interesting backstory on that. So that whole scene. I thought, I thought originally that the concept would be kind of like be a clown or a couple of swells, which is famous to Judy Garland, you know, Judy with her scene partner kind of songs in the past. But no, it's Phil Silvers and and Gene Kelly. It originally was supposed to be a trio with Judy's character as the third one. So if you imagine that happening. Okay. 
So what the, you know, they must've gone into the studio and recorded the vocals of all of the trio. And in an, in a previous scene or a scene later that was shot earlier than this scene was shot, you can see Judy in a, in a hick kind of heavenly music outfit. It's the scene where, it's the scene where they finally kick Orville out and she goes, I've never having having so much fun in my entire life, blah, blah, blah. It's that scene. So Judy didn't make it onto set for the shooting of this number. So Phil and Gene came up with the reshot, basically reconfigured the entire choreography because they had the dogs. They had to shoot with the dogs. They were not going to send the dogs home for a day. And there's they no like cell shoot. phones that there's you could no, call. You know, no, yeah. of course, that, that kind of thing. So they shot it. And then in a reverse of what they did, Phil and Gene re-recorded the vocals to match what they filmed on set. What? So, but in my mind, Judy would have been the only one to make that song really work because, yeah. because she was, she was singing about in, in um, happy harvest. She was singing about lots of crispy lettuce in your jeans. And she was like selling those lyrics, but heavenly music. I, if I hadn't been you know, recording this podcast, I would have skipped that number and gone immediately to get happy, which is right after this, which I read that they filmed like three months after they wrapped yeah. filming and that's when she, she lost was 20 pounds and yeah on uh, on different meds or off whatever medic whatever medications that she was on and yeah. lost all the weight and you know they talk in imdb and this is so sad and i'm so sorry that yeah. this is going to be a long episode but like <laughs> in the imdb they talked about how the costume designer uh would have to take in or out her costumes because her weight would fluctuate as well mm-hmm. as he was they were like uh make something make make it look like she hasn't gained weight so they like focused on large collars and everything very 70s collars yeah but i but the way the way that they talk about it i was just like she's a person like yeah like like in working in costumes you don't really like talk about people like that like yeah, but if you're if you're shooting something that's supposed to take over, you know, the the time like a three month time as opposed to a six yes. month, seven month time, eh, you gotta. It's but it's a little upsetting too because the whole tirade I started with about Judy Garland, like mm-hmm. this is a, an effect of all of that, and I'm just right. like so mad and upset at this movie. <laughs> but I love it. I love this movie, and it was a you know it's 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 got so that much... angle. <sighs> I'm mad and upset. I mean, I mean that that when they're on, when the camera was on, and whatever take that they took, they're doing the Lord's work for yeah for fuck's sake yeah. But happen, yeah. Everything else around you that we're talking about, I'm just like fuck you movie. I know, I know. And speaking of fuck you movie, my flats were um basically characters that mm-hmm. i mentioned already orville his dad abigail and herb i did write phil silvers but as you said he's done better things i'm gonna take your word for it so i'm just gonna blame the character yeah the the direction the writing yeah yeah it um yeah I think I, I, th- I very rarely uh, blame the actor just because I know what goes into actually showing up yes. and doing a show. 
And sometimes it's a script and sometimes it's the direction. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes it is a choice. It's a you, choice. But, but like, I I imagine on films like this, it seems like he, especially comedies, you do different takes of choices. Yeah. So it's whatever the, the, the final product shows. Yeah. And can we also comment on Marjorie Maine and how awesome she is? She, well, was, she was Esme. <laughs> well, now we're going to Sharps. Yes. <laughs> and I well, have her as a Sharp. And I also sharped Gene Kelly. Oh, oh, I feel gross and weird. <laughs> no, enjoy. Welcome to the Gene Kelly fan club. Oh, oh. Like, they're both, and like, I get, okay, so again, I don't really want to blame the actors because maybe it was the writing, maybe it was the direction. They were great. Yeah. Like, like I feel like there's some moments where Esme, Esme, is that her name? Esme, I think, yeah. Esme. Esme. I feel like there's some moments where she, doesn't like the fact that they're all there but like <laughs> she's <laughs> commenting on everything she's just like oh what's happening here oh because oh, mm. she's she's just like shooting uh, gun in the middle of the fall of the bar <laughs> shooting like everyone shock out of the middle yeah and be and like <laughs> listening to the party line and being nosy and like uh, uh so good doing the lord's yeah. work man yes. and then we we <sighs> I, I basically you were basically my therapist while I talked about Gene <laughs> Kelly this whole episode. The scene um, where he take where he where he takes flowers into 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 Jane's dressing room and rubs her feet and then and praises her and says, you know, basically you're amazing and 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 then she goes, oh, now I'm not going to remember any of my lines because he just he just praised her and swept her off her feet again and she's like oh that's and you, i want a gene kelly before every performance i do just to make me feel like a million oh, bucks before going on stage oh please make that happen um i i'm also gonna sharp judy do you know this is a great role for her it is she got to do so many different things. She got to be funny. She got to be enraged. She, she got to sing. She her, got to dance. She sang up tempo. She sang ballads. She danced her ass, ass off, off, matching Gene Kelly. Holy Moses! That this, barn dance did, scene. Did they? I, I don't. Oh. I haven't. I didn't look it up. Do they do more movies after this together? No. Or do this they go is the last like, one. This is the last okay. one. Okay. This is her last MGM uh, movie. So Gene oh, kept, Gene kept going was... and. Judy Demp never, never, never worked, worked with, with him again. Yeah, huh. I think they might have been in in show movies, sort of in conjunction, but never, never on screen. And they That's were so just sad. so good. They, they were, were so, so good, good together. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Each other. I want to also sharp Gene Kelly in the uh, dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had to separate because it's Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly as a dancer because that newspaper cookie floor routine like perfection it needs to be studied (laughs) like it it has been oh it has definitely it has been been great and and, choreographers and filmmakers and and movie musical buffs they've all looked at that as not quite as much as get happy but pretty similarly yeah well because that well, that one all is only dancing, though. I right. feel like Get Happy, you could break it down in multiple ways because you have the vocal performance as well mm-hmm. as the choreography. The yeah. Yeah. But this one is pure choreography and, like, he's acting and not acting and being very he's a serious person, but he's fun. A, and... He's a person in a in a place, and that's all it is. And that's yeah. what... And you can, you can see his joy just in being on stage and dancing 
his butt off and yeah I love um it. and then <laughs> i sharped um <laughs> the the f- uh featured chorus girl um, which one the one with the glasses the one with the glasses reading the, the book the, the nerdy one with the book yes i love her i love her <laughs> there were a couple of different moments where people were where the ensemble had their own little personalities but she was the one who made a choice well yes. yeah because when they were all jumping to dance she's just like nope i'm oh, gonna read my book well, i'm gonna i'm gonna wait and then I, oh i'm gonna put the book bookmark in okay you know she's exactly. kind of she's kind of like have you seen Grease 2? Oh, I don't think not in recent memory. So Do I you can't. remember, though, the nerdy girl with the braids that was, like, featured in everything? I will have to have keep a an name? eye out. No, Okay, no. rewatch it. Everyone okay, rewatch it. This this woman is giving similar vibes to that girl gotcha. woman in Grease 2 with the, she's got two, two braids, big old nerdy glasses, <laughs> but she's a featured dancer in all the numbers. Yes. Yeah. So, like watching this movie with that woman, I don't know her name. I'm so sorry. No. But I will say, um, also, uh, what was it? What was her name? Um, the Jean, uh, Jean, I think Coin C O Y N E is was in the Dig for Your Dinner. She's in the ensemble chorus. She's Jean Kelly's dance assistant. And there's a one oh. moment where he where he he links arms with her and and does a little sachet. Whoa. And uh, that's uh, Gene Kelly's future wife. They got oh. So you can kind of get a little, like, oh, a little, little couple. Gene and Jean married each Jean other? and Jane. 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 I don't know how to pronounce it, but that must have been confusing. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Do you have any other sharps? I mean, get fucking happy. Oh, right, right. Jesus I'm sorry. Christ, I, I, that how number. I forget that number. <laughs> that, I mean, from, from, I mean, obviously it just created this iconography that just anyone who ever loved judy would would recognize immediately and the dancing is incredible and the guys doing their little you know dance around her uh slightly tanned they were all like she was white <laughs> like bright white and she and everyone else was like a little bit tanned kind, oh, kind well, of <laughs> yeah yeah and it was and the orchestration of that um was just gorgeous and the costume apparently the costume i read about this the costume was taken from a concept that was supposed to be in the Mr. Monotony section of Easter Parade that was cut. Oh. Yeah. And part of me was just like, okay, that makes sense. But another one was like, mm, Easter Parade was set in like 1911. I really doubt that would have been. That's why it was cut. You think? Even just the costume. Well, the song <laughs> uh. itself was also cut. But but even just like, but they knew. They probably they, couldn't like fit it into the world yeah so the they were world. like we gotta but cut they this. but they knew it worked because they had fitted her that with that outfit that concept at least not necessarily that specific outfit but they knew well since it was built for her yeah they, <laughs> they knew that it would work so so i mean talk about talk about knowing that that number would kind of epitomize a great deal of what judy could do and what judy could could give and like i said uh, i don't think i don't think the broadway show that within the broadway show or within the movie would actually go to broadway unless that number had her it. singing had her singing it in that <laughs> number yeah it's like oh and it's going to be a hit that's why right there would you add any of the songs from this movie to your life's playlist 
I mean, I already do. <laughs> Once well, so, again. I mean, yeah. I wrote down the one. I think we have similar ones. I wrote down mm-hmm. Friendly Star and Get Happy. Yeah, that's that's my that's my up tempo in my ballad for any audition. Let let me let me tell you, I will I will whip those out at any time. Because like the other number, like Happy Harvest, yeah. that, that can get a little annoying. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if you feel like singing, like for me, I yeah. think I need the visual for that. I think the visual is plays uh, of a high importance to it than yeah. just the audio. I will, I will say I have sung, if you feel like singing, sing with my puppet. And it is very cute. Sometimes context and playing a character makes all the difference in the world. Interesting. I will Do send you... you the your. I have. Thank I you. Old, I will send you the your. The YouTube link. I did it on open mic and it was very cute. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so happy about yeah. this. Uh but so you would agree those two songs? Any any yeah, other ones? At least those. I mean, Dig for Your Dinner, I will try to dance with. You wonderful you, it's cute, but I think it served its purpose more as like a connective tissue than an actual It's an song. acting song. Yeah. It's a it's just like it 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 functioned well within the scenes that it did. And it gave gene something to dance to so that's great um i'm calling it we're done with the episode okay this has been a long one everyone i know sorry <laughs> i am passionate about this this movie very much so it's part of my childhood and i it, loved it then i still love it now i'll, I'll watch it again <laughs> i i mean it, it i would recommend it for people if they haven't watched it and they listen mm-hmm. to this whole episode but like um note you might feel angry if you and I have shared the same ideals uh Sierra do you have anything you need to you want to plug or promote well um I continue to perform with my vocal group Marquee 5 uh hopefully after this uh episode comes out maybe volume three of Sondheim Unplugged the New York's the NYC third one there is a third one coming out bitch so you're gonna have to buy that one too oh Um, fucking a okay (laughs) well uh volume two just came out and I have lead vocals on uh the track from um company the uh, another hundred people so if you want to hear my voice with Marquee Five doing backup, so that's a that's a hell of a song. Um, and a long uh, and, one. <laughs> and I'm currently auditioning for musical theater, self taping my ass off, and and hoping for the best. Hoping for our summer stock. Gig. Our summer stock. I will which, play Esme in summer stock anytime. Which we didn't really talk about. <laughs> I meant I meant to talk about that, but like when when you hear summer stock. You think yeah. of like doing seven shows in three days right. and having $2 for everything. For everything. Yeah. This was one show with $2 for everything. Right. So in a barn. In a know. barn. Like, yeah. Yeah. So just similar to some summer stocks. I, theaters, that's for sure. I hope people don't be like, oh, this is like summer stock theater. No, this is summer stock. The movie. Right. Is. I mean, I, I don't know. Would you call it something different, though? What this this movie summer stuff? Yeah, I don't know. We could call it Babes in Arms too, because that had a similar. <laughs> let's put a show in a barn. And originally, Mickey Rooney was going to be used for summer stock, but but he was not. He was not as popular, so they got Gene Kelly. So that's that's a. It's still Babes in Arms too. That's you can, you can call it that. Babes in Arms too, even babier, even <laughs> even armier. I don't know. Even armier. Yeah. Uh, where where can the good people find you and 
contact you for gigs for Summerstock gigs for Summerstock gigs um Sierra Rine S-I-E-R-R-A-R-E-I-N I'm I, I just got a new phone so I'm more on TikTok being ridiculous Yay. um I'm on Instagram I'm on Twitter SierraRine.com yep Facebook all that stuff yep uh, um if you want to donate money to the show that I proposed to Sierra about you know yes the the one night rose and judy <laughs> rose and judy or judy and rose rose and judy we're, we're, we're workshop we're workshopping yeah. everything yeah. uh you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com i'm also on facebook instagram and twitter at buttersongpod and on tiktok i should say oh, i've been trying to yes. do things on there i need to now add that to my outline to remember to say yes, <laughs> yes. um what did you what what would you call this movie? You know, if you could rename it. Hmm. Well, we 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 said it, Babes in Arms too. What, yeah, either <laughs> that or when worlds collide. When oh, uh, and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're digging back into childhood. Everyone, we're going to be talking about Sesame Street presents Follow That Bird. Uh, I know. Puppets. I know. So sweet. It's so. Uh, uh, apparently, apparently, this is like podcasting has turned into therapy for me. So, <laughs> so well, musical like, theaters uh, and and movie musicals is therapy for me. So, anytime I get to watch it and talk about that, <laughs> it is a pleasure. Well, with especially with follow that bird, it's like let's talk now. Talk about childhood. Childhood. <laughs> oh my god but Sierra, thank you so much thank um, you john we're gonna have you come back obviously i we just talked about the pirate and and for me and my gal and other and babes in arms so basically you're just gonna be my gene kelly correspondent i will gladly do that <laughs> great uh <laughs> thank you everyone have a wonderful day bye for now bye Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.